given more notice or if I, you know, could have arranged something instead of doing it at five when I get off, uh, I would be home. Yeah, I, I figured as much. Right. But you know what? So this way is more fun for me. <laughs> we can get over it, okay? Let's all get over it. Build a bridge, burn it, but get over it first and then burn it. All right. So it's a red faction bridge. Yes, red faction bridge. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we got to begin this because if we don't. All right. Uh, Michael apparently is going to murder me or something. So we'll. we'll... No, I'm going to rebuke Ted. <laughs> I mean, very John. I'm going to rebuke John. Jonathan. All right. Well, it doesn't matter. We'll just okay. start. All right. He'll so, just so... show up with his superior microphone. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe I'll call him and see what happens. Do it. Let's see what happens. I would, I would be willing online? to. I'd be willing to conversate with him. Conversate. Conversate with us. Conversate. Yeah, and then we'll just make it more chaotic. Disappointed. We'll see if he picks up. If he doesn't pick up, I'm gonna stir. Well, that's a problem. Okay, he didn't pick up. All right. Okay. Dun, 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 All right. So let's begin in three, two, one. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast, The Gritty Reboot. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog. And with me today are three special guests, one of which is in a wind tunnel or something. <laughs> what are you talking about? I muted myself, okay? I did, I swear. Uh-huh. We believe you... Great day. It's really windy. Who is it? Are we done yet? Are we Why done is yet? Michael Jones in a wind tunnel? <laughs> I promise I'm not. I'm outside, okay? Okay. Well, you've just introduced yourself. So there. Hey, now it's quiet. Start over. <laughs> no, I'm keeping this. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm managing my mute button, okay? Jeez. All right, and Michael Jones has obviously been introduced, and who else do we have? We have the illustrious Ted Loring, who has been absent I, for about two months. I am back after a lengthy hiatus and recovery from a dangerous ski accident. Ooh, was it cool? It was spectacular. I'd love to tell you about it later. Awesome. And we also have Elijah Placeholder Beam Parker. I'm not quite sure what your last name is for real. It really is Beam Parker. I, I, I think I said this last time. Basically, Parker was just, you know, I wanted to have a pseudonym. Everyone made fun of me for picking Parker as it. So now it's just associated with, um, with my Skype. I just left it on there because it's like, <laughs> eh, screw it. <laughs> All right. So we are calling this a gritty reboot because, one... This takes place on a Tuesday, which we haven't had before in a long time. Oh, that's great. And two, Joshua Collar isn't on the podcast. Heresy. Because we're not here at the crack of dawn. These new developers just don't get what the game was about. (laughs) Well, it's unfortunate, but Josh has other, I wouldn't say priorities, but scheduling conflicts. He has a life. He now works for the the Radiance. He is part of the Radiance podcast, which is a podcast about Christian game developers helping each other out and that sort of thing. It's pretty interesting. Here's my shameless uh, promotional plug for it. So, but you are just a mistress. Yeah, I am just mistress mistress. podcast. I'm just one of his. Okay, I just. No way, you're a concubine. (laughs) Tell it again, man. Tell it like it is. I'm speaking truth to power. 
Okay, I just thought of something awful, but I'm not going to say it. But go to the Radiance podcast. It's really interesting. Now to proceed to our actual podcast, which is mostly about talking about video games. <laughs> Ted, what have you been playing? Oh, I'm playing it right now. Yeah, you're dividing your attention between two different yeah, things. Yeah, I got to put it down. I am playing <laughs> a classic arcade game, Galaxian. Galaxian. And I'm playing it on my ColecoVision. <laughs> I have not played Galaxian in many a year. So, how does it hold up? It is still fun. It's not as good as Galaga, which this came before Galaga. But I just died again. But uh, it, it was sort of one of the first games that was like Space Invader, but with uh, homicidal dropping B things at you. Huh. And, uh, but it, it is actually, it's still fun. And I actually was surprised that when I purchased this ColecoVision, that this one cartridge is actually worth more than the entire ColecoVision and the other games that I got with it. <laughs> how much is it worth? Yeah, how much? It's worth about uh, $35. It's <laughs> pretty. Not a lot. Not yes. going to pay the mortgage with it. But. No, unfortunately. You sure about that? Um, depends upon your mortgage. I'm going to try. I'll call. I'll call Wells Fargo and see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, pay. F- so I know I, it's hard to talk five minutes about playing Galaxian. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So what is good what choice, is Ted? Good choice. What is well, Galaxian? What is Galaxian? this strange game that we've never heard of clearly? You might have to Google it because it's so complex. But you're a spaceship on the bottom shooting up at little spaceships at the top. This is so deep. And they want to kill you, but you want to kill them first. <laughs> I just had it. my mind blown. I it's better than Dark Souls. That was, you know oh, what, though? Oh, oh, oh. When I was in middle school slash junior high, and I saw this game for the first time, it was my mind going, <sighs> I couldn't believe that such a thing could exist. So I people had orders into it. So people had smaller minds back in the seventies, eighties. Uh, you know what? We didn't have technology to make everything all three D and textured, big fella. Fair enough. Huh. Sorry, I sounded a little bitter there, but oh, I didn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm only responsible for my own bitterness. There you go. There you go. That's a good word right there. I received that word. <laughs> Who made Galaxian? Was it Namco? I think so. However, this particular one on the ColecoVision, it says it was made by Atari, of all things. Oh, so. <laughs> and, you know, a cool thing about this ColecoVision is I have the expansion unit that lets me play Atari 2600 games on the ColecoVision. Nice. Oh, yeah. That was Very one cool. of the neat little features. Yeah. And the reason why they did that was because they could boast at the time as saying, we have got the largest game library out of all the systems. Available. Yeah, man, that had That's... to be a lawsuit at some point or another. It was not. Well, they lost it if they did, because apparently they made this expansion thing with all um, over-the-shelf or over-the-counter parts. They didn't use any Atari-designed parts. Huh. Huh. Okay. Very cool. So it definitely was a... A thumb in the nose of uh, in the direction of Atari for sure. <laughs> but where are both companies today, right? Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Atari is pretty much nowhere. 
Yeah. It's been resold and rebranded so many times. I don't. Yeah, Atari has they lost their identity. Glicko like me. is still around, I think. They're like me. They're middle-aged and sitting in a lounge chair. <laughs> Talking about the good old days. Actually, I think, uh, what is it? Coleco is still around. Really? Yeah, they're making uh, the throwback consoles, whatever they're called. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what the Coleco stands for? Oh, I used to know. <laughs> Great trivia question. Uh, Connecticut Leather Company. <laughs> yeah, that's really? the weirdest. Yes. That's crazy. Interesting. So they expanded out of their uh, business line there into technology. Yeah, Nintendo huh. used to make playing cards, so... All these companies made weird things before they made video games. They saw opportunity and took advantage of it. Hmm. All right. Well, so that's what I'm playing. <laughs> Yay. All right. Elijah, what have you been playing? Why am I last? Because you're last. <laughs> we know what you're playing. It's called windsurfing. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well done. Well done. Yes, well done. Yes. Um, Do I need to manage my mute button? I'll I'll only talk about the one, but I've actually been actively... um, Actually, you know what? Am I going to talk about one that I'm going to be about to play, actually, after this? Control your impulse and only focus on one. Yeah, focus. Focus. Yes, I'm focusing. Um, I've been running through Diablo 3. I've been re-recording Halo 3 for a video review, but... um, Right about to get finally back into Warframe, and I was there in the very Warframe. beginning, back when there were no planets, back when there were like eight classes total, back when there were only really two factions around. Uh, we need context. What is Warframe? You don't know what Warframe is? No. What's Warframe? Uh, you know, I'm Googling it right you now. Know, you know Star Wars Jedi Knight. Imagine that combined with Prince of Persia, combined with Mass Effect. Combined with even a little bit of dead space. That's too many and things. It, and then make the levels auto-generated like out of Minecraft, but actually work and all flow into different things, have multiple objective and side mission types, even at the beginning when it was only just spaceships, have tons of loot like out of Borderlands, have a very deep progression system. After all that, make it free-to-play in a good way, and it has been heralded as the best free-to-play game on the market in a while. Then also throw in co-op. Then also throw in apparently clan PvP that got added in after I left. Wow, am I really hearing an airplane right now? Yes, you're hearing an airplane. Good lord. (laughs) It's all these things. It's all these things. It was amazing back when I was first playing. A lot of people didn't have the patience for because, oh, you're just playing in the same environment over again. Not the case anymore. Now you can go to pretty much every single planet. They've added new planets. And the boss fights are even uniquely staged because it's done like an action game, even though it has some of the MMOE type elements of, you know, using special abilities from a hot bar and such. Hmm. It worked beautifully. So it basically it- was my gaming crack for most of 2012, but then I kind of tapered off. I stopped playing it for a while and I just, I literally have not played it for like nearly three years. And I'm finally going to be booting it up again to play with some friends because it just sounds better than ever and I have an upgraded PC so it's like, okay I can run things on nearly medium settings now! (laughs) But seriously, Elijah, uh, I want you to pretend for a second that I'm a complete idiot. (laughs) I know that's hard. 
But is Warframe a single game, or is this a series of games that has, you know, come out through the years in a universe? What? Two games. Originally, it was um, Dark Sector, which most people probably don't remember at this point. It's that one game that's three bucks at GameStop. Yes, literally, that's how much I paid for it. But um, it was going to be basically what Warframe is now, but very single-player focused. But their publisher wanted it to be more modern, like Call of Duty, so it got said. So it actually basically turned into a Resident Evil type of thing. And Resident Evil mixed with um, almost a portal level of integration of this whole glaive mechanic where you had a throwing disc that could do all sorts of neat stuff. It was cool. It was interesting. And it showed a lot of promise, but it was also glitchy as hell. Whereas Warframe, this is like, you know, five years later. And this is a, some Canadian company. Apparently, they originally helped make Unreal Tournament. They're, they're, the, they're basically the unspoken heroes who helped make Epic become what it was. And now, they're, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to make a free-to-play game that people enjoy, that you can get everything without spending a dime, but we actually encourage you to spend money because you like us. They constantly are rolling out new updates. They live stream and talk about every new update every time with their community for over an hour answering tons of questions. And as I said, the content's basically unlimited because they re-nigger every level every time you play it. No level is this super scripted, you only play it one way thing other than the tutorial. And there's pretty much any play style at this point. It's like league levels of any play style. And what system is this on? PC, PS4, Xbox One. At least I think they're going to be rolling out with Xbox One soon. I played it on PC. I'm going to be loading it back up on PC. My one friend's played it on PS4. He's loved it. It works well with a controller. It works well with a keyboard. I mean it. It's. I'm amazed this game wasn't on more Game of the Year list. When I saw Polygon have the balls to give it a 5 out of 10, I was like, did we play the same game? No, Polygon doesn't play the same games as you. It's, it's just nuts. It's like, this is good. This is amazing. <laughs> Live in a market where Good Lord. Your passion is a little frightening. I'm <laughs> not seeing it for Xbox One though. I'm looking. Uh if you go to the login, it allows you to log in. From what I understand, it's still currently in development. I'm ah. not sure. I'm not sure if it's all the way up. On PS4 it was still kind of technically in its beta stage at that point. I think they officially gone out of release on PC, but they're still working out the kinks for PS4. That's why a few things were unbalanced at first. Alright, Warframe. Oh, I think okay, I've seen yeah. it on Steam before, but I never... I see it on the Xbox store now, so it does exist, or it is going to exist. I will play it with you on PC. I mean, if you install it, I will play it with anybody. The only thing is, the community, I'm going to be looking into it, but last time I was with them, the forum guys, one of the guys was a complete nutter jerk to me in pretty much every way possible, because I had a suggestion that he didn't like and thought was unnecessary, and now he's one of the last time I checked, he was one of the moderators then at the forum. So it was like, well, I'm going to stay out of this watering pool. Things might have improved by now, but also a lot of times there was one class, the class I played as Volt. He can go super fast. A lot of people would just speed run the levels to get the materials and not worry about actually working as a team. So find people to play with that you're friends with because the community, not necessarily the nicest bunch of guys. So be jerkheads. Yeah. That's the nicest way of putting it. So can you solo any of this? or? Oh, you can solo everything. Okay, good. You just have to grind to unlock stuff. And that's just that's the one thing to bear in mind is you will be grinding because it is a free-to-play game. But it is a fun grind because of just how good the gameplay is. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you get so good that you literally can just ace any level, 
Then there's a hardcore mode, like where you only gain health if you kill enemies, or you're under a very ridiculously tight time limit. They have thought out everything possible. There's even a story mode now, and that wasn't there when I played, and I'm telling you, I played it for like easily over 40 hours. I have another question. I'm looking at the pricing structure, and it looks like you can can buy a thousand platinum plus mod. That makes no sense to me. I think it's a currency conversion. Like the game yeah, the has platinum is um, the um, oh. the paid for currency. You don't really need it all that much for anything other than you know if you want to buy something quickly. If you don't, here's basically how you unlock everything: you get a blueprint, you hunt for the specific materials across missions. Once you have enough materials, you tell it to make it. It usually takes anywhere between twelve hours to a couple days. Then boom, it's made. The main thing that they really harp on that you have to spend money on is that you only by default get like two slots for Warframe. So you can only have like two characters and you get a limited number of slots for your weapons and items. That's the main, that's the main way they really actually tried to force their hand. And even then, after 40 hours, I was still putting time into my first Warframe. I never even got to my second one. It's just that deep alone. And the mods are... It actually uses a trading card system for the upgrades. Seriously. I saw that. It shows like pictures of cards, and I was wondering how yep. that works. Different abilities and stats, and this works for everything. You upgrade your guns. You upgrade your swords or whatever kind of melee weapon, because there's also hammers and brass knuckles and all this. I'm sorry. I did not mean for this to go so long. I was going to say 10 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so in some, Warframe is probably good. Yes! I strongly advise playing it. Play it. I'm gonna be. Alright, Michael, what game are you playing other than Wind Tunnel? <laughs> um, I actually started playing... I, I'm, I'm terrible. Uh, I, I actually... So, the reason why I don't play games, uh, this is, like, officially the reason, uh, the house that I live in has actually, like, banned games. Like, Ooh. video games. So... That is sad. That's yeah, it really so sucks. Bad. But I have started playing something new. Dun, da, 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 da. Uh, it's 2048, which is... It sounds like, ooh, cool, post-apocalyptic. No, it's literally adding numbers together in order to get to the tile 2048. Oh, yeah, I never yeah. heard of this one. <laughs> it's a mobile game. It's a mobile oh, game. How amazing yeah. is it? You poor um, soul. It, it's, I actually started learning strategy and stuff for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's time-consuming. Uh it's interesting. I like it. I think it's fun. Um, I do it in between calls, basically, at work. Uh, can you explain um, how it works? So, basically, you start... Every time you move your tiles, you swipe left, right, up, down. Every time you move your tiles, it creates a new tile, and it's either a two or a four. And you basically add your tiles together uh, exponentially. So, twos add to two together to create four. Fours together to create an eight. And you can only add the same tiles together. So, fours only go with fours. Eights only go with eights. Sixteen. So on. Uh, but basically, you try to combine all your tiles together until you get to the number 2048. And the reason why it's hard is because if you move your tiles around in the incorrect way, you can lock yourself into certain positions that you don't want to be in. And it's it's basically it's basically uh, binary exponents. Oh, man. Yeah, binary exponents of the game. Now, I've been playing something similar called 3 with... Three exclamation point on oh, the I've, phone. I've heard dangerous things about this one. It's sort of similar to that, though, it sounds like. You, you, you have ones and twos that you have to turn into threes, 
and then you everything is based on threes after that. Wait, and that's what's, the sense. what's it called? Three, or excuse me, three. It's got an exclamation point. So, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's playing number games, basically. I yeah, wonder which game came first. Some guys like, hey, wow, I got this game based on threes. I know. I'll make a game based on twos. <laughs> Everyone loves numbers, right? So yeah, um, I've seen I've seen playthroughs where people get to like they go way past twenty forty eight. They get to like sixty four thousand something. It's like insane, and the amount of strategy involved in that is just not so. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, I think it's fun, huh. and it takes up time in between calls when I'm waiting for. Something to happen. <laughs> so it keeps your mind going. Yes, I've been playing that, and then I've been playing obviously more Puzzle and Dragons. Um, I actually have like a decent team set up now. I'm able to do some of the harder dungeons. Um, I'm working on building some of my stuff, but I uh, I actually plan on building a full fire team huh. with Ares as my leader, um, and then I have a bunch of other people who like convert orbs to fire orbs and stuff like that. See, I was gonna keep playing Puzzle and Dragons, but I knew it was a bottomless hole that I would never get out of. So, I right, <laughs> right. The dailies. Oh my goodness, the dailies. The dailies are. Yeah. The dailies kill you. I like the game. I just can't keep just playing one game the whole time. <laughs> right, right. So I only do the daily puzzles now. I do like uh, when they have um, like oh you can get the the um, like the super gold dragons or the super ruby dragons, and they basically are free XP. Um, huh. That's that's really the only ones that I do anymore. Oh, just so you guys know, uh, Puzzle and Dragon is basically Pokemon plus Match 3 games. Oh, that's coming out for the 3DS, yeah, I is. think? Yeah. It's a Mario version of it. Yeah, it's going to have both, it looked like. I was watching the announcement for it. <laughs> Prepare for your life to be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right up my alley, except for the Pokemon part. But My, 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 my body is ready. <laughs> Except for the match three part as well. If, if they changed the Pokemon part and the match three part, I think that'd be the game for me. Now, what would you be changed to? Oh, actually, I like I love match three games. Why would you mess with that mechanic? Why? Why? I know. Because I want to make one up called Match 4. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's more like Match 5 in Puzzle and Dragons. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. It looked very engaging. The video clips that I saw of it, I was like, oh, I could lose my life on that thing. Yeah, oh, pretty yeah. much. It's, yeah. It's easy to do. Um, but there's that. And then I had an offer. I've had two offers for video game consoles. Like... One was fifty bucks for an Xbox original plus games, and then another friend was going to give me his old Xbox, or excuse me, fifty bucks for an Xbox three hundred and sixty plus games, and then uh, another guy was going to give me his old Xbox free, like just regular Xbox plus um, Kotor two, which I've been so wanting to play. So oh, original Xbox, I really yes. want one. Mine is yeah, dead. Yeah. I have one right here. Yes, you should play Nice Little Republic 2. Oh my gosh, but you should play it on PC with the Restoration mod and all the other mods. See, I want to so bad, but my PC can't run it. It runs on toasters, man. You can run it I on know. an i. You can run it on an iPad. I know. Wait I a second. second. I tried running. Am it on I talking toast. to now, Elijah, or five minutes ago, Elijah? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out soon. <laughs> This is a special time travel episode of uh, of Theology Gaming Podcast. Yeah, it's a pretty reboot time travel edition. All right, so you were talking about KOTOR 2. Yes. And, uh, 
Have you played one? I have one uh, on my iOS device. It's really cool because they released it for iOS. The only thing, well, there's two things that are really terrible about it, is the controls for the turrets and the controls for the speeder bikes. It's just so bad. Um, thankfully, I finally got through the sections where you have to have those, and so I'm okay with the rest of the game. But um, There are less turret I, parts in Kator 2. You'll actually prefer that. There's like... I think there's like two at most. See, I don't, I don't mine it so much when I have good controls to go with it. But on touch, touch controls are just yeah. terrible for those sections. Anyway, um, I really, really badly want to play Kotor two just because of all the depth. Like, there's so much customization and depth, and ah, oh, it's delicious. Anyway, Dude, the story um, is, trust me, it's. You ever want to see a deconstruction of Star Wars done right? Yes. Kotor two, seriously. I know, right? No, I know. That. I know, I want to play it so bad, but games are banned at my house, and that's my only access to it right now. Where do you live in California? Do you live in, like, Southern California? I live in Southern California, yes. Okay. It's, um, it's called you... Oceano. Go ahead. Do you live near any arcades in your area? Mm, not really. There's one in there's one in Santa Maria. It's super-duper small. Um, other than that, there's actually, actually uh, where I work, there's an emulator arcade machine. That has 500 plus games on it for free. Nice. So yeah, that's really cool. It was actually made by some of the people who work here. <laughs> they basically put it together. It was. It's really cool. I don't ever get to play in it though because it's in another building and you have to have special access to get in that building. Ah, dang. I know. Oh come on, you could hack your way in. Because I know Southern California is where the fighting games people basically play in the United States. No, so. no. That's not even no. I'm I'm okay, but thank you. But no. Aww. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I actually have been playing things too, everyone. Yay! Whatever. Which is a fighting game. Actually, Always about Zachary. <laughs> not, not usually. Uh, actually, I played Hyrule Warriors for about fifty hours, and then I needed to stop. I need I need Hyrule Warriors. I need it in my life. It was super good. That and was I amazing. It. And I just had to stop. And not not because I didn't want to play more, but because I have to write about other things. So, I have to you're, you've gotten a lot I of mileage out of that yeah. Wii U, haven't you? Yeah, man, yeah. Wii U's awesome. But, but Zachary, you continue to play Dark Souls? You, no, I no, stopped. I stopped doing that too. How do you do that? How how do you do that? How what? How do you stop you playing Dark Souls? Console, you, you can put it in the box and you hide it behind yeah. a very heavy object. Pretty much. Well, that's a problem. You know what? Dark Souls is kind of a one-time thing, and I found that out playing the sequel, which was like, uh, (laughs) I didn't really love Dark Souls 2 because I felt like I had lost all the surprise. And I I think that's probably the problem with the Souls series in general. It's like, once you play one, you kind of know all the tricks they can possibly throw at you, so... That's unfortunate. To be but, fair, they did mix up combat in two a little bit. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot of refinements they made in two, but right, they're not right. like the greatest refinements in the world. Right. And plus, it's like a bunch of interconnected corridors. Not really a world like the first Dark Souls was. Who's to say that it wasn't a bunch of interconnected corridors in the first Dark Souls? It was very much interconnected. Yes, a but... little more so than the second game. Fair enough. The second game is like, here is this long line. At the end of it is a bonfire to teleport back to Majula. 
Fair enough. So how did you like Hyrule Warriors? I guess pretty good, right? I thought it was amazing. Yes, buddy. Who's your main? Uh, I don't really have a main. I think every character is actually really good. They're all fantastic. Link. But uh, obviously Link is the best if you have the Master Sword fully upgraded. Come on. All that Wasn't stuff. this just a reskin of Dynasty Warriors? No, really? it is not a reskin of Dynasty Warriors. Come on, convince me otherwise. Uh, the difference is that the people who make Ninja Gaiden are co-developers with Omega Force, who makes most of the Dynasty Warriors games. So the combat is like a weird fusion of Zelda and Dynasty Warriors stuff. It's really weird when you first play it. Like, if you played Skyward Sword, they have the weak points from the uh, enemies that you'd usually fight for uh, enemy officers. But the problem is, like, unlike real Zelda combat, where you just kind of wait around for an attack opening, here you have to think about, where do I need to be on the battlefield so that I don't lose? Because that's what happens to me most of the time, is you get too focused on the combat, and then you fail to capture an important point on the map, and the game punishes you for it, which doesn't usually happen in Dynasty Warriors. No, no, it doesn't. Normally it's like, oh, I can literally run around the entire battlefield and kill every single enemy, and then do the objectives. Yeah, no, the Hyrule Warriors is stressful. I've been waiting for this game to drop, but it really hasn't yet. It's still going for 54 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, well, that's because they keep releasing DLC for it. Right. What? Yeah. Like, uh, they added... Tingle's coming out now. They added Twilight, oh Midna, and this Adventure Mode map thing is crazy. They just keep adding new challenges to the Wait, game. Wait, oh, for a second, I, was thinking, I thought the mode, you were saying the mode was going to be DLC. I thought it was in the box. Uh, the Twilight uh, map is dlc i think the master class ah. map is dlc uh they keep adding characters but they also keep adding new weapons which are basically new characters so like link has seven weapons and each of them are unique and they're all like zelda fan service to the max <laughs> yes okay so zachary i have one key question for you okay if i hated dynasty warriors what i but i loved legend of zelda would I get any enjoyment out of Hyrule Warriors other than fan service? Mm, that would be a more iffy proposition. Fair enough. Because it's definitely not structured like a Zelda game at all. I mean, you do get a story mode, which is kind of Zelda-esque, but it involves time travel, and it's, like, crazy, so... <laughs> Doesn't it kind of go on, then, after you kind of beat the main villain for a while? Yeah, well, Ganondorf pops back in, which you just kind of expect at this point. So, <laughs> and you do it to unlock him. So, ah, okay. Yeah, but the story mode isn't even the main meat of the game. It's mostly the adventure mode, which is the entire original Zelda map, and every space has some kind of arbitrary challenge to it, like kill a thousand enemies in ten minutes, or uh, fight this battle using this specific character with this specific weapon. And they are all interesting, and they all have unlockables if you get an A rank at them. <laughs> Which, I am intrigued by this. Yeah, and it just keeps going and going, and you just keep unlocking the map and characters and new weapons and, you know, new costumes. And then they added new maps in this DLC. And that's why I say I could theoretically play this for a long time to come, because the core combat is so fun and interesting and you actually have to pay attention to the map that this is like Dynasty Warriors, except good. Jackery. Yeah. Do, do you know what else is fun and interesting? What? You! <laughs>
Well, I stopped playing uh, Hyrule Warriors, so yeah. But I plan on returning to it as soon as I can play as Tingle. Because I really just want to hit things with the rupee bag. That just sounds disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Tingle, tingle, kula limpa. These are the what words you do if your tingle is not of our concern. <laughs> These are the words Tingle made up himself. Don't use them. As, as far as I'm concerned, Tingle is the Jar Jar of Legend of Zelda. Tingle is awesome. Anyone who says otherwise is a bad person. <laughs> I had a soft spot in my heart for Tingle. Yeah, who doesn't love Tingle? I mean... He's so he's creepy. This overweight, older guy that thinks he's a fairy. Yeah, he wants to go to the land of the fairies where they live in splendor. Yeah. And he likes to throw little sprinkle fairy dust. And uh, <laughs> doesn't he float in balloons in one of the Zelda games? Yeah, he does. And he's even like in Matt. his own game, too, which is even better. What, that one that was in Japan only on the GBA? It, actually, I think there was one released in Europe. I think it's called Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, Game Informer, I think they actually did some playthrough of that. Yeah, and it's really weird. So <laughs> They love him more in Japan than over here, but... Uh, yeah, you know. I think his unpopularity in America, like vast unpopularity, was basically <laughs> what led him to be taken out of the series in its entirety. Except for Hyrule Warriors. I wouldn't mind seeing him again in this next one coming out on the Wii U, whenever that is. Supposedly 2015, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, well, I actually was playing another game. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Wait a second. You can only talk about one. Yeah, but you guys stole it. You just told me to talk about Hyrule Warriors. I'm not even oh. playing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were until very recently. Yeah, until a week ago. Still counts. You that only means we get, all get to talk minutes. about one more, guys. Darn it! You, well, only, you, you know only what? Get it was an obscure minutes. game anyway. So, I'm what sure. is it? What uh, is that? Blaze Blue Crodo Phantasma. See, the name doesn't even mean anything. So, that one I, I actually recognize. Oh, you do? Oh, wow! I know okay. Blaze Blue. I don't know the most recent one, but I knew that they've been still popping out a few more. And that if that it basically is like, yeah, if I ever want to play a fighting game, I better not make sure it's Blaze Blue because I'll get my ass handed to me repeatedly. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much uh, uh, Arc System Works games are kind of like that. So it's a fighting game. And it's nice. <laughs> and it's also really, really hard to learn. So Yay. that's about Yay. all I could really say about it at this point. Well, that's your I just favorite got part. Mail. It's like learning calculus in French. Yeah, because it has high execution requirements and making sense of each character, since they all actually play really differently. Because they all have a central gimmick or something like that. It's well, do you like Bullet, strange. Noel, or Ragna? Uh, I haven't played Bullet. I could say Ragna is pretty much the simplest character to understand. <laughs> uh, Noel kills everyone. That's what I remember. I think the uh, last. I just I saw that on game. Google, so I was trying to sound like I was asking smart questions. <laughs> oh, you were. You were. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's well a fun done, game. Ted. Well done. Well it's, done, Ted. Well done. It's just excellent. I like most fighting games. It's kind of inaccessible, but at least it's interesting. So we'll see how much uh, people beat me up online. That's been out a while since uh, 2013. It looks like I think the Japanese arcade release was like 2012 November, and then it got released here in like April of last year. 
Yeah. I'm trying to figure out which one of these girls is wearing the thong. Let's see here. <laughs> Whoa there. Yeah, Whoa well, there. Dangerous territory. Hey, it's for research purposes. Uh-huh. Ted, Ted, control your fleshly body, okay? We, we, we hear you, Archer. You're going in the danger zone. I was talking about sandals. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Goodness. Blaze Blue is a, has strange character designs, which seems to be... Uh, appealing to every single weird Japanese fetish or of attraction. I'm not sure. <laughs> it seems intentional at this point. I'm just going to leave that be. Feel free to Google it yourself. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find out what the definition of a thong is. So, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's not. It's not sandals. Sorry. Yeah. What's the first thing that comes up when you Google thong? Okay, I found out now. Yeah. I'm not looking. <laughs> I am smirking to pinnacle look. Good thing I've got like protection on my internet, so <laughs> that doesn't always work. Hey, don't tell me about your workarounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ow. well, supposedly we my rib. <laughs> okay, well, that's a nice segue into our main topic, which is why has Ted been absent for two months? Dun, 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 dun. Dun. There I was in the beautiful, luxurious resort in Park City, Utah. The snow was falling. (laughs) The mountain was steep. The conditions were perfect. And I spent the day going down the slopes gleefully, happily. And then I would go again and again until I was on the last run of the day. And I was probably about... 300 feet away from the lodge, about a football field length, I guess. And I had one last little thing to go down, and I, and I go down it. And the next thing I know, I'm in the air, and then whack, I'm laying on my side, face down on the mountain, and I can't breathe. I'm going like this. You sound trying like a beach to get my I, I swear I've heard that voice before. People are like, they're like calling down to me from the ski lift above me saying, Hey man, are you okay? And I'm going, uh, uh, And people are stopping beside me. And finally, I'm able to catch my breath because they think I'm dying. They're like, do we need to get help for you? I'm going, can't breathe. Um. And there I am, scattered with my skis all over the place. My poles are all over the place. They call it a yard sale in ski lingo. (laughs) And everybody's looking at me very concerned. And I managed to get myself up and I go, that was awesome. And I start, (laughs) start acting like I'm 16 again and like getting hurt was fun. Right. Those invisible springboards, eh? (laughs) <laughs> so, and I think really like when you're a kid, it's easier to fall. I don't know if it's just less distance or kids are made out of rubber bands or something, but I'm 47, man. And when I fall, I mean, there's a crunch now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I knew that my ribs and my left side was hurting, but I, I made it through that day. Okay. Made it through the night relatively. Okay. But the next morning, 
after breakfast, I sneezed just sort of uncontrollably, spontaneously. And that sneeze, I felt like I had been shot in the side. I like I fell down <laughs> onto my knees. And everybody that I was with was like, are you okay? Are you okay? So we decided to go to the urgent care. And the doctor, who has probably seen a thousand of people like me, uh, did an x-ray. And there's my poor little rib bone broken. I mean, you can see like a zigzag, like Charlie Brown's shirt, uh, with separation between it and the bone. So, um, unfortunately, there's no such thing as a rib cast. So... The only thing I can do is just heal. So that's that was two weeks ago, and I'm getting better each day. But I, I can't uh, sneeze. I can't cough. I can't, I can't laugh. I can't breathe, and I can't move without. Ted can't live. Oh, live. <laughs> it's like the nitroglycerin scene in Atlantis: The Lost Empire. Wait a second. Everybody, they everybody made another listening? Atlantis movie? Uh, uh, no, I'm referring to the original one. You know when they um they say, "Oh man, don't you do drink that? That's nitroglycerin. Just, just don't move, don't speak, don't breathe, <laughs> just pray." <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Wait, that was that me minus the nitro, but uh, right. Oh man, so, I am so okay. We need, we need to take an offering for Ted. We need to take an offering. No, I, I'm fine. I, I definitely have something called a HSA, a health savings account, which I I dug liberally into to pay for the bills. And um, I just want you guys to know how awesome I am. I'm hardcore. <laughs> You're hardcore, man. So hardcore. So you have achieved legendary difficulty status. <laughs> yeah, I should get an achievement popping up or something. <laughs> I'll give and you five I'm points. Remind- I, and I'm reminded of Foamy the Squirrel. Achievement! <laughs> so really, that's about it. Other than I just had got busy with work and in the holiday season. and I really, I, I cried myself to sleep thinking, Zachary's going to not be my friend anymore. <laughs> Joshua Collar's not going to ever talk to me again. No, he will. He's just He'll busy. never talk to me about his obscure indie games that he's currently playing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, Maybe he'll make us all play. Will talk to me about some game that always ends in souls. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not that bad. And now I have new friends, right, guys? Yeah. Uh, I have bad news for you. Oh, I play oh, tons crap. of obscure indies too. I'm basically oh. I'm basically the younger Joshua. <laughs> yeah, but do they, oh, no. do they mean something? A Joshua protege. <laughs> Like, yeah, hey, wait. If I can find me religious metaphor in parallel in Dead Space, I think it's pretty much guaranteed to sure I could find some sort of meaning in in blades of time. I'm gonna talk Did about you cry? Is that what's happening? No, I am not playing. Talking about Gone Home, I actually haven't played that one, and I'm kind of glad for that. <laughs> it's not a Joshua indie game unless he cries at the end. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this, Josh. I love you, man. It wasn't that kind of cry. It was more like, come on, and I've got how many other games to review tonight? <laughs> Look, there's no crying involved. It's not an indie game. That's my definition. I like that. That could be like the motto. Yeah, no, cr- you know, all the feels. The feels. Do you feel it? 
Can you feel it in the night? All right, so what have the rest of you been doing? Let's do a life update. That's what I'm going to call it. You go ahead first. You seem very... I want to go first. I want to go first. I want to go first. first. He's really... I want to go first. All right, life update. Okay, cool. I'm going first. Okay, got it. Okay, so (laughs) I am actually starting um, the the healing, the inner healing ministry at my church. Um, It's like, it's, it's, um, so what it is, is it's psychology-based contemplative prayer so basically you you discuss the things that have happened in your life namely like traumatic events and whatnot and you take a look at them and you you pray you pray to you know pray to god and you say hey god you know what do you think about this event what do you think about what happened and he like shows you what happened and it's it's like really it that's really it that's really it and he it's really freeing and I've done a little bit of it before, and it's helped a lot. And this is going to be like an intensive. So I have 15 hours of this stuff to do. And it's not just me. It's like a, it's like kind of like um, not exactly guided, but more like um, what's the word where two people like help it happen? It's like uh, facilitated. It's like, facilitated. It's like it's, yeah. it's facilitated. Huh. It's not really assisted. It's not really guided. It's just like they're help, they're there to help me make it happen. So that's happening, and I'm super excited because it's going to be, like, a really big change for me. I already know it. And, yeah, that's my main life update. So also, is I this, love where I work. So is this that's within awesome. a denomination, a specific <clears throat> denomination? or? Um, not specifically. It's generally more – you see it generally more in the charismatic circles. Okay. But it's, um, it's completely scripturally based, and they, they combine – you know, scripture and and ideas and concepts about God with um, psycholo- psychological concepts and ideas, and so yeah, it's very very cool, and I'm super excited. Huh. Neat. That is neat. Yeah, it looks sounds awesome, man. Yeah, and you work at Mind Body, I think. Yay, Mind Body! There Yay. we go. <laughs> Good guess. But he's not officially working there right now. No, I'm I'm. Hanging out outside while it gets steadily darker and more windy and colder. <laughs> and cold awesome. for you means what temperature? 67. 45. Oh, man. 45? Oh, 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 you, chills, ca- you coddled, baby. <laughs> we were looking at 10 degrees and had to go out up here. Or negative wow. 10 with wind chill? Yeah, actually, that's happened. Uh, <laughs> There's actually... Um, I was like three at the time. My parents were still living in an apartment. They were still really deep and dead in that point. And yeah, we we were there during the the one of the most historic blizzards in Pennsylvania history. I still don't think we've actually topped it yet. Oh, wow. So he's more of a man than the rest of us. That's yeah. what he's. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> he has he has proved himself. I uh, no 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 no. I'm the skinny little dude. I. I'm much more manly than all of you. Be a man. <laughs> Must be swift as a coursing. Oh, have you seen the Google Translates for that? I have skied no, the no, worst ski. You need to see it. You need to see it. It is hilarious. <laughs> what is this? Um, Google Translate. This um, one woman discovered that if you put something through Google Translate several times and then sing it, it can be incredibly entertaining. She's done Let It Go. That was the one that really got her popular. Seriously, you need to look it up. I, okay, I all right. Okay, all right. I'll look it up. Good God. Let it go. God. 
Yes, I will look it up. Thank you very much. All right, Elijah, life update. Go. Oh, once again, this is going to be okay. Um, started doing my um personal YouTube channel. Uh, friends going to be friends are going to be helping me out with this also a fair amount. Uh, so far, you guys can actually see it in the TGU group. I did my wet and Legend of Korra reviews. Hoping to do some other stuff like Halo Three. It's really just games I want to review on my own that I'm not doing for the site, and the ability to just. That really, that's it's not that it's something that I can do that's not artistry in games. Um, what, what's I, the name of your YouTube channel? Um, Unabridged Gamer. Uh, if you look in the TGU thing, um, look for the hashtag that got set up. Um, I think it's pretty far down the list at this point. So, a friend and I, we used to write all sorts of fan fiction and types of stuff together. We'd love to just. We used to be part of a role playing group, but that they completely smudged apart. But we just started doing it on our own and. We actually turned that into making a book. We're going to actually do the whole more descriptive type of stuff, taking turns on the chapters, but um, for most of the dialogue and action, we already have it written out. In And he actually counted the hours. In 11 hours, we've got 57 pages already, and we're really liking where it's going, so I'm hoping to maybe have a book done by the end of the month, at least in first draft form. Very cool. Man. Yeah, it's exciting. I didn't expect it. I did not expect it, but seriously, there's a reason I like writing with him, and I'm hoping to make that happen as well. And guys, I hate I hate to interrupt, but I sadly must go. My phone is my phone is dying. I'm at nine percent. So don't die. You have so much more to live for. Well, it's not my choice. I don't have. Will your phone to live? Okay. He only gave us ninety one percent. That's all I have to Make say. it feel like Hanukkah. Make the nine percent of the battery last eight days. <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry, but no. Anyway, love you guys. You guys are awesome. You got this. Bye. Cheers. Hey Tar. I like that guy. I talked to his phone to death. I feel so bad. <laughs> well, that was a good life update. <laughs> I probably should talk about myself now because I'm so important. That's all you do. God. <laughs> right, go ahead. Well, uh, I am running Theology Gaming somehow <laughs> and Theology Gaming University with the help of Brian Hall. And now I'm getting a Bachelor of Arts in Accounting. Oh, nice. So tell me, how, how, uh, what brought this on? Okay. Well, obviously, the first thing that doesn't come to mind when you think... I have a master's degree in a liberal arts thing is accounting. <laughs> but I need to support myself somehow. <laughs> and theology gaming is not so much cutting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, you know, writing doesn't pay. And anything that you do for three or more years that doesn't make any money, in my opinion, is a hobby. So <laughs> I've taken it upon myself to actually get myself a job. And since my father, who is a accountant, he is a, a solo accountant act, so to speak, <laughs> and he needs help. So I have endeavored oh, to good. actually get an accounting degree. So that's that good. Then you've him. got a job already lined up and you've got someone to turn to to get the advice. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Yeah, it's cool. This is the time of year, you know, tax season, where there's a lot of demand oh, yeah. for just someone to help uh, and learn. Yeah. You're, you're going to learn a lot in the yeah, next few months. I have already learned like a ton because the way that they do the courses is it's half semesters and you do two courses for eight weeks. And so you're basically crunching about twice as much material each week as you would normally. Huh? So, 
it's uh pretty intense, but uh You're cramming. You're studying yeah. like the flash. But I keep studying like it's a master's degree course. <laughs> I'm sorry, that cracked me up. Studying like the flash. <laughs> Ow, that hurts my rib. <laughs> Stop laughing, Ted. Stop ow, laughing. Ow, sorry, ow. Oh, that was sorry. Oh, got me Pain and pleasure. And pleasure uh, intertwined. The please cut, cut this from the podcast, please. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to. I'm crying and laughing at the same time. Ow! Ow! Gosh. Uh, okay. Oh man. Anyway, I'm glad you're studying like a flash. <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep studying more like than I should, though. That's the problem. I keep studying like it's a master's degree course when it's actually an undergraduate course. So I end up like spending so much time on it that, and when I get to the test, it's like, oh, okay. That's so cool. um, you're, you're, you're going to be the one guy who just comes in and then, you know, he's just like, hey, stop. And you could have everything done before everybody else. You'll uh, be the guy yeah. everyone hates. Yeah, well, good thing it's an online speak. course, so I don't have to see that, anyone yeah, in person. <laughs> You know, I'm going to speak some encouragement to you here, but I really think this could be a good type of work, too, because it's the kind where you can just put it down at the end of the work time, and then you can focus on other things that you do, you love. I mean, you can like doing it, you can make a living at it, but uh, you can certainly have theology gaming still being, you know, where your heart is. Yeah, well, I figure Paul was a tent maker and supported him, so, yeah. so I can do something similar. And I've been doing it for years, uh, almost 15 years of working in technology. And and I've often said there's only one thing that would ever take me out of this, that field would be, uh, you know, uh, a calling or the, uh, things to happen in just the right way that I would consider going into uh, ministry. So, huh. But not right now. Not right now. And I'm also thinking of other ways to expand Theology Gaming's reach beyond the internet, so I'll have more updates on that in the coming months as I get to it. <laughs> so maybe Theology Gaming, the modern dance performance? Uh, maybe not that much, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Wow, that's a great <laughs> idea. I, <don't, laughs> I never thought of it before. Uh, oh, man. How about Theology Gaming? The Ice Capade Spectacular. <laughs> Theology Gaming Musical. Theology Gaming the High School Musical. You'll definitely get it. That's right. <laughs> uh, no one's ever going to like me. I'm popular and I like Halo. <laughs> that, that's, that statement made no sense. No one's going to like me. I'm not popular. And I like, I don't know what I was just saying. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm not sure whether I should end the podcast here or go for the next thing. Well, how structured were we? We're actually pretty structured and almost on time, but not quite. Um, I'm up for going a little bit longer if you guys are. It's Hunter's fault. <laughs> yeah, he screwed me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this Hotline Miami 2 controversy. Oh, no. Okay. So, quick recap for those of you who don't know. Hotline Miami 
is a bit of a violent game, which understatement also, of know, the year, which also now has um, implied sexual violence in it, which you can skip. But this kind of thing is obviously pretty offensive, and also makes rating boards have a tough time figuring out exactly what to do with it. So Australia has a notable history of banning games from having any kind of classification rating, which means, functionally speaking, they are illegal to sell in the country. So basically what happened to Hotline Miami 2 is that it was refused classification from the Australian market and can't be sold there. On the other now, this hand, is an overhead view, 8-bit, 16-bit looking game, right? Yeah. I, yeah, as someone who's played the game, though, it can still be really grim and visceral. I played through the entire original and... I actually I gotta admit. Plus, sometimes during dialogue, they would actually show an it would still be eight bit style, but they'd show a close up of someone's face, like after you blade them, and um, is not pretty. Yeah, the atmosphere is kind of like being a crazed psycho killer. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hazy eighties music and that sort of thing. They're trying to capture an eighties feel for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Kind of like yeah, the movie Drive, if anyone's actually yeah, seen Yeah, kind of like Drive meets the Toxic Avenger levels of violence. <laughs> the Toxic Avenger? It's an obscure thing. You can see Movie Bob talk about it. From what I understand, it was, it's about Hotline Miami levels of violence, but with huh. a live action. Wow, okay. <laughs> well, my experience with the game was I tried it, uh, the first one. It was free on PlayStation Network, and I just found it a bit hard to play. And I can oh, yeah, understand. It's brutally, it's brutal, deadly, difficult. It can be satisfying as all hell, but it can be brutally difficult. Okay. Yeah, so, it, it has some weird flaws, at least in my mind. But anyway, barring yeah. that, Hotline Miami 2 can't be sold in Australia. So what happened was the developer, and I can't remember what their name is, they basically um, said... I'll tell you in a second. They basically said, you can, if you live in Australia, you can pirate this game with our permission. Now... In technical terms, this may or may not be the case, because as far as I know, Denaton Games is the creator, and Devolver Digital is the publisher. The yeah, Devolver's the publisher. And Wait, most video Den- games... Denaton yeah. is what? The video game developer, right? Yeah, they're the developer. Well, most video game publishing deals, you basically have to sign or assign the copyright over to the publisher. How well do you know Devolver? Uh, I know they did Luftrausers and... No, how well do you know what the company's like? I don't they're, know. They're pretty freewheeling. That's actually the one thing I'm not really worried about. I could see them totally being behind this. They are... They have a spot on their website where it just it's like, can I monetize my videos? And pretty much the response is, yes. Stop asking us. Yes, but it's a little different than... It's different, a, yeah. It's a lot different than uh, giving developers also reign. previously. I think developers also previously stated that they weren't entirely up in arms if people pirated the, ga- the first game. Yeah, that was because of a patch deal, and they couldn't yeah. get the patches to work. So I, I understand that one. But I'm not quite sure whether or not they'd be so happy as to say, hey, you guys in Australia, you can freely pirate our game, which we own the copyright for. So it's a complex situation. Basically, the developer has said, you may pirate the game if you want if you live in Australia, and we don't care. Versus the publisher and the Australian government, which says you can't have it because we own the copyright. So is it ethically sound to pirate the game if the developer says you can have it? Yes. Okay, please. 
Tell us. Well, about it's it. it's their intellectual property. If they're giving permission for it to be available, I don't really think it's pirating it if you if they're doing it with their permission. Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking is that um, Devolver they don't own the IPs; they just publish it. They're basically like you know, five hundred five games. If five hundred five games published good games, yeah. Well, we don't know whether or not they do. That's the problem I have. Like, we don't know what is the contract that they signed, right? Do you sign over the copyright like most publishers do? Because that's usually the requirement, basically, to get your game published. Oh, now we're going technically farther yeah. than my brain knows. That's go. why I'm confused about this. Because on one end, I want to say, yeah, sure, right? They can, they can go get it if they really want to, if you basically can't order it or buy it in the country. But on the other hand... Publishers usually own the copyright to the developed work just via virtue of the contract. You know, this is like boilerplate for most publishers in the industry. As I'm saying, Devolver's different. I would actually expect that they probably let them have access to it. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So basically, those are my answers. If, well, in the, fact, they're getting some free pub out of it, too. So whatever yeah. the cost of. And they wouldn't be getting family. sales otherwise. They're that's really, true. that's the other thing. They're not going to be getting any sales. That's true. I, I like to err on, this, on the side of caution in these kind of things because I don't know. <laughs> it's the same way like you can't get a video game soundtrack because it hasn't been officially released in any way, shape, or form. But technically, when you download like the music or rip it off the CD or whatever media it's on, it's not a, uh, it's not a use that was originally intended for the media on the disc. So technically, it's illegal to use it that way. <laughs> That's where I'm more in with this situation. I like to be better safe than sorry. <laughs> well, and uh, the law is very technical. Yeah. That's, that's what things break down to a lot of times. Sometimes we hear spectacular headlines about legal cases, but when you get into the details of reading about them, they're about specific nuances of the law instead of uh, you know whatever people really think the case is about. So I'm going to back off a little bit, but if they truly have the right and the authority and the ownership of it, then that's like me saying, I, I wrote a song the other day about um, eating, uh, eating, let me pies. see. <laughs> pies. Yes. Did you say pies? Like, like strawberry pie, blueberry pie, like literal pie. <laughs> So let's say I write a song like that, and then I put it on my website, you know, an MP3, and then I can say, you guys can all have it. I have the intellectual rights to it, but I am letting you all download it for free. Yeah, uh, you know what? I think Devolver Digital does have the rights, because this is, okay, just this is conjecture. But, okay, so Devolver Digital, I remember, bought the rights to uh, Shadow Warrior, which was an old 3D Realms game. It was kind of like the sequel to Duke Nukem. So they actually own the copyright to the Shadow Warrior series in Duke Nukem. They own the license for the one Duke Nukem release. Anyway, but they own the copyrighted Shadow Warrior, and then a company actually made the Shadow Warrior game for Devolver Digital to publish. So it may or may not be the case that they own Hotline Miami. I don't know. <laughs> uh, did, they do, did they develop it quickly? Uh, like The Flash? That. <laughs> don't laugh ted don't laugh. oh i'm fighting it i'm fighting it fighting it fight it harder never oh. give in 
So is there an answer to this? That um, is, I, I understand it involves a scene of, of rape or something, right? That's sort of the core of the issue. Yeah, and the animation can be skipped at the beginning. So The thing is, I think it's actually supposed to be under the context that there's multiple stories going on in Hotline Miami 2. And the, one of them is that you're shooting scenes for a slasher flick. I think they're supposed they're getting it under the context that it's actually just two actors in the universe doing it, but it's still just I'm uncom- I, I I genuinely might not play the game because of it. It makes me that uncomfortable. Yeah, it I, is a I've saw it. It was pretty yeah. It's not like super explicit, but it's enough for most people. And I'm probably not going to play it because I only played the first three levels of the first one. Oh, it's not. And it's I barely went no further. So you wouldn't actually be missing any of the plot or anything, if that's your concern. There is going to be co-op, though, so you actually could have someone help you at the very least. Oh, co-op. Yes. Okay. Or that or that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's co-op, and there's also two characters you basically play as, as. You can also play as one person. I do not know how that works. That sounds crazy to me. The only game I know that's ever tried that would be L.A. Cops, and that one's a lot less gratuitous. Another one Maybe I recommend one, looking into. It's awesome. One person moves and the other aims or something. Or the other person shoots. Oh, dear. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. Uh, someone just yelled, boy! That probably means that they need me. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, man, everybody's leaving. Wow! What the heck is happening? Uh, Zachary, somebody just yelled, uh, fat middle-aged guy. So uh, I guess that means that... No. <laughs> okay, so... I am also reading Devolver Digital's blog post about the classification. And they did not say anything about freely distributing the game. Oh, where did that come from, then? That comes from the developer, right? Not the publisher. So that's why I'm not so sure. I think publisher has some rights in this. They must, because they they said they're not going to challenge the ruling. But they're basically not going to change anything about the game. So it's not going to be sold there. So it's not going to be sold in Australia. And that's fine. There's lots of stuff that's not sold in Australia, right? I mean, uh, Grand- because of some of their restrictions. I want to say Grand Theft Auto V is not, or was denied classification at some point, but is sold in Australia, just not at Target. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain stores that have decided not to sell it. but the So, like, okay, just to make sense of this. The Entertainment Software Rating Board in the United States that rates all the games huh? is not a government organization. Right, it's, it's separate. Yeah, it's a privately held uh, nonprofit that basically just does game ratings, right? So if you right. submit the rating to them, they give you a rating. Um, you kind of have to put it on. It's industry standard. But like, right. it's not like legally binding or anything. So they can't right. just say, like, oh, no, you can't put this up. But in Australia, it's a government board. That decides what content is appropriate for Australians. Yeah. Which is interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, a, a government that has a, a moral compass, I, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It can be <laughs> good in some ways and bad in others, because it's yeah. always going to favor one party over another. Yeah. And I think Germany does similar things. Like, you can't have any games with Nazi iconography in them. Right. And uh, similar things, so a lot of the World War II games are just not sold there. Right, right. Yeah, and it will... Oh, my wife too. lived in Germany for a year, and, and she said the people don't even mention um, really that period of time, or, or the name of Hitler, even. You know, it's just, they just don't. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Huh. They just don't want to think about it. And I understand. Yeah, I'm, it makes sense. It's like a cultural taboo, probably. Right. There are like parties there that have renamed themselves and are in a similar vein to the Nazi party, but are not. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Because it's a parliamentary system, so pretty much anybody can get elected. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. how small the party. Anyway, this is super far afield. Boy, this is some entertaining video game talk. <laughs> yeah, and we said this is going to be the gritty reboot. Hey, man, have you have you been playing German Parliament? What a great game. <laughs> man, it's a real-time strategy game with uh, first-person shooter elements. And what, what was everything else he was saying about Warframe? <laughs> yeah, Warframe. Which I've never heard the... such an enthusiastic endorsement of any game in all my life. Yeah, wow. I was surprised. I, I, and I went to look to see if I could buy it for the Xbox One. It turns out I already did. I got it for free, and I downloaded it, but I never played it. Wow. <laughs> i got to give it a try, I guess. Yeah, well, the the Metacritic is actually pretty low. That's why I'm surprised. I've been on this thing lately where I just don't want to start another game till I beat the one that I'm on. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. But it slows life down, and games just come out like uh, water overflowing a dam. You know, you just can't <laughs> hold it back. And um, I'm trying to... I've never played all the Halo ones, so I'm on Halo 4 out of the Master Chief Connection. Uh, collection. Not connection. <laughs> the Master Chief Connection. <laughs> it's all about communication. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried the online? Is it still terrible? I, I'm not really an online person. I've done some co-op with the uh, original games. Um, but it is supposed to be up and running from what I've heard talking with a couple friends. Finally. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. They uh, they gave an extra month of Xbox Live, to me at least. I got a thing in a, in oh, a wow. message. That's not bad. No, I mean, you know, that's a whole month worth. It's like they're acknowledging that uh, they know that it was not the best. Yeah, just like uh, the uh, PlayStation Store. Yeah. 10% discount on anything you buy within the next three to five days, I want to say. It's just been tough lately for some online services. I think more so for Sony than Microsoft, but especially with uh, I, I had a few troubles playing Destiny one time getting online and a few troubles with uh, with the Halo stuff. So. It's just amazing nowadays how, I mean... The Xbox One, for example, I have to do an update on my controller. <laughs> I mean, what happened? You know, all these updates, updates, updates. It's like people can re- release a game that's 78% done and then do some updates and hot fixes. Yeah, I don't quite understand that. That bothers me. That gets my goat. Yeah, everything's like unfinished when it comes out. Yeah, I mean... Or the another thing that bugs me is when, like, say I buy a disc, because I do like buying discs of games, and there is downloaded downloadable content that is already on the disc, but I can't play it on the disc that I purchased. I have to buy the downloadable content <laughs> that I already have in my possession. Why does That's that not a, make any sense? I, just, <laughs> I mean, why not just include it? I gave you 60 bucks. Anyway, that's why I like playing Galaxian, basically. Yeah, because there's no DLC. There's no DLC that comes up. There's nothing that wants me to spend something in the Galaxian store. You know, <laughs> there's nothing like that. There's yeah. no oh, purchase there, more uh, lives. Yeah, if we're doing the Galaxian hotfix. You'll have to wait a few minutes for it to download. <laughs> the game is broken. 
<laughs> there is something to be said about older systems, like even that old Xbox. You know, the original Xbox didn't have all that. I try to find companies and support companies that don't do DLC, but sometimes they do have to at this point in time, unfortunately. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, it's good and it, it, it enhances things. Yeah, I think the rising cost of games is why DLC exists at all. Yeah. It's because they just can't support, based on the pricing, because game prices actually haven't gone up that much relative to how much they actually cost to make. You're right. They've been staying in that 40, 50, 60 range. Yeah, which is actually super problematic. Yeah, it's a, it's a loser in yeah. some sense. But I, I like the fact that it hasn't, that they've resisted that. But, for example, I think uh, when Destiny announced their first download, something about an underworld or something like that, but I was looking at the list of features, and it only had, like, four new single-player missions. Huh. Which and I'm not going to be talking about Destiny, I promise. But, but <laughs> We have to mention Destiny every podcast. All of the missions that I really ever played when I did play it, and I played it all the way through, uh, at least the whatever I had, all, almost all of them are you go to a terminal, the thing tries to break into a terminal for you, in the meantime you have to shoot every living thing that comes at you until it's gone. And then finally the, the door opens or the gate opens and you go to the next thing. But that was It was really repetitious, so... If it was more four new missions of that, I'd be <laughs> I'd be really mad that I spent money. Yeah, goodness. So you know what game I bought, but I haven't played yet until I finish Halo Master Chief Collection. What? 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 How many games are you playing? Well, I am I'm not playing it yet, but I've got it in the wrapper, uh, looking at me sometimes. But it's that <laughs> Shadows of Mordor game. Yeah, people say it's like Batman. Yeah, it got some good reviews and some awards and stuff like that. So that's what I'm all about. I just follow the crowd, man. <laughs> I pick the most obscure thing I can and play it. Yeah. Hey, I'm playing Blue Blade Machuchuso Chronicles or something. <laughs> Don't worry. The name itself makes less sense than what you just said. So do you not find that fighting games are fighting games? I guess not. You must find something in the subtle niche that they are. Yeah, I I don't really love Street Fighter as much as I hoped I would, because the new Street Fighter is kind of slow. Like uh, four, you yeah, mean, or is there a new one? Okay, yeah. four right now is like really slow, and much as it's easy to play, I it's just like it kind of drags after a while. <laughs> just because of the way the game is designed, you have to basically be really defensive. Right, and right. So there's not like a lot of things happening on the screen at any one time. Now, do you think you would enjoy the uh, Smash Brothers that's on the Wii U or the 3DS? I have played that's Smash wild. Brothers. It's fun. It is? Yeah, the new one's good. It's kind of Is it deep or is it just fun? Uh, well, I guess fighting game people would say it's a deep game, but I I don't... When I want to play a competitive fighting game, I don't really play Smash Brothers. Right. I don't, the feel of it is more of a party game to me than it is a fighting game. Which is fine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that's okay. That's kind of what it is, but yeah, it's... Um, yeah, but there is, like, technical high-level play. I just... I don't really get those people. <laughs> I haven't played any since the one that was out on the Wii. It was that Brawl. And that was a lot of fun. My son was in uh, maybe ninth grade around that time. Huh. And I had some friends over and stuff like that. And that was fun to play with 
other people. It was. It, I think you nailed it. It was a party game. Yeah, for it most was. people, it really is a party game. I mean, it's just how it goes. But it's super it wasn't popular. Quite com- super competitive, but in the sense where I mean, you wanted to win, but you could be losing and then get that little bouncing ball thing, and you know, next thing you're <laughs> on top. So. Yeah. Well, now they do play it competitively, and I guess it's going to be at Evolution Fighting Game Tournament this year. So, oh. yeah, it was super popular when they played Melee last Evolution. So we'll see. Respect. There is high level play. It just I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. It always feels floaty. I guess is what I mean to say. It does. Well, the double jump is very floaty. I mean, yeah. you can jump high and then do a double jump, uh, go all the way across the. The stage, whatever they call it. Not the stage, but the, you know, whatever the fighting platform is that they're on. But I'm sure it's a great game. I I just, as I was looking recently at Wii U games, they just are, all the ones that I'm interested in are holding their value. So, you know, I'm not seeing any for $24.99. They're all still $53.99. You're not going to see Wii U price drops for a long time. Not especially with these first parties. Yeah. Well, it's all thought, first party. Yeah, but is Hyrule Warriors really a first party game, or is it a third party game? Uh, well, Nintendo technically is a co-developer in it. So yeah, I guess they're, yeah. So anything that is, you know, has those properties do tend to hold their value real well. Well, it's about 50 bucks right now, so yeah, it might go down. But it may not. I mean, it may never be less than $35, because yeah. that seems to be... And then it goes, it goes out of print, and then it shoots right back up, like all the Nintendo games do. Yeah. And then it'll be released for download one day, and someone will buy it even though they already own it. Like, yeah. that's the kind of thing I would do. Well, Nintendo's actually doing Wii games on the Wii U now. I, I bought Super Mario Galaxy 2 and downloaded it. I haven't played it yet. Did you and I, buy the Metroid Prime trilogy? I did not, but I have that actually on... Oh, you have it on disc already. On disc, which is is a very collectible thing I've learned yeah. since then. Yeah, I have the metal very. the metal case. Oh, you have the cool but, version. Yeah, I've seen That's it like game. on in every GameStop in my area, but it's like fifty dollars. Really? Yeah, like multiple <laughs> copies. I don't know where they came from, but they're yeah. all around. Now I'm looking through my bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will on the Wii U. It's nine ninety nine right now, so I'm probably gonna go. That's, get it. that's great, and it's the trilogy. Yeah, it's all three games. That is a lot of gameplay for the money. Although, you could play it in 1080p if you use an emulator, so I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, I found it. All right. Yeah, collector's edition, and uh, it comes with an art booklet. It's on 16 by 9 widescreen presentation, which was a big deal at the time on the, on the Wii. <laughs> yeah. All of them have the Wii controls. It's pretty good. I, matter of fact, I can maybe go back to it now because now that I'm cured of first-person seasickness, <laughs> I might have to go back and try Metroid. Yeah, usually uh, Metroid isn't so much about uh, motion sickness. I mean, it was kind of designed so that Japanese people could play a first-person game. You think so? I never thought about that. Yeah, so it it doesn't have kind of the same you know quick snap of like an FPS that usually would. Yeah, or like a Call of Duty for sure. That is always seems to be just quickly going left to right, spinning around. Back. I mean, yeah, that's why that's what they have me. the lock on on the uh, GameCube and the the GameCube ones had the lock on button mm-hmm. instead of the you know kind of look around and shoot things. Oh, that way to make you it could a like, easier. 
Yeah, that way you could focus on one point and like rotate around. Now that I mention it, it's kind of like Dark Souls combat, weirdly enough. Well, I don't get seasick on uh, Destiny or Halo. Those are the ones that I kind of cut my teeth on to, to realize that I don't get seasick anymore. But both of those you can take your time on. Look around. Oh, you okay? Are you still there? <laughs> yeah. There? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Uh, I don't think Elijah's coming back. Yeah, I don't think so. Do you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Okay. Right. I dropped my uh, controller thing that I'm got the headset on so <laughs> i was alive. like Zachary, you there? i lost <laughs> you man but you're alive and you didn't break another rib uh, i am here yes oh i gotta take some ibuprofen after this podcast <laughs> me out. all right i think we should just about wrap it up yeah yeah <laughs> we, we should i don't know we've chased the others off at I've, least there's no more uh jet airliners flying over i've so. tried to avoid rambling and we ended up in the exact same place that we started. <laughs> I didn't help you. No. I want you to know that. I know you did. I'm going to try better next time. Don't don't kick me off any future podcast. No, I I'm promise. Not, I'm not going to. I'll stay on track. All right. Well, I guess this, I'm back. Oh, I'm back. You finally what? returned, and we're going to end the podcast now. Isn't that and exciting? It, and thanks I got help with a heater, and then decided that he didn't need my help after all. But I needed to stand there for a bunch of minutes. I'm sorry. Boy, come over here. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess I got to end this because, man, this has been going on a long time. Hopefully next time we can have everyone maintain their position in the podcast without vanishing. Yeah, I think I'm going to call this drop in, drop out. That is a very appropriate name. It's very apt. Especially with airplanes flying over like we could drop in through parachutes. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. Thanks to Ted Loring, who is here. I'm here. Elijah, who is here. Present. And uh, Michael Uh, Jones, who isn't here. And he's a bad person because he's not here. Yeah, but we're here and we're on track. All right. We need some shameless self-promotion now. Ted, where can we find you? Well, I have a website called Wildman Ted, and I was thinking just the other day possibly of maybe posting an update blog entry. Because the last First time was September? <laughs> six months ago, I don't know. But here's the thing I've decided. I'm just going to put a few thoughts down every once in a while, because when you really have to take the time to find the right graphic, to find this, that, and the other, that ties me down a little bit. And I think right now i just got to get some thoughts out. So if... If the, the next few entries stink on ice, and it's very possible, just remember, I, I broke my rib, man. I'm in pain. I can hardly think. <laughs> the right. best way to write is to write badly. Or okay, write like good. a flash. <laughs> no. <laughs> stop. stop killing Tim. Why are you so awful? <laughs> I got to slow down. I can't write like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Elijah, where can we find you? Um, ArtStreamGames.com, the unabridged gamer on YouTube. Artstream Games on YouTube, at Paradigm the Fallen on Twitter. Yeah, I think I got everything. Maybe on th- Theology Gaming in the future, I don't know. Yes, yeah, uh, you can probably find me there as well. <laughs> yeah. And Michael Jones, you can find nowhere. He it doesn't, doesn't exist. Because he's, he's dead. Here. He's off the clock. All right, well. On the clock now. This He's is, like Keanu Reeves. This has oh. been the supposedly new and revised Theology Gaming Podcast. 
next time. We'll get it next time. We'll right, get it Jack next time. We'll Not get it the right. Not part down in spades. It's just us getting, you know, the refined yeah. part. We'll get that next time. We'll get it. We'll get you next time, Gadget. We'll get it. Plus, <laughs> it's at night so that we can all speak like normal people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been Theology Gaming Podcast. This is Zachary Oliver. See you guys later. Sign off.